and we are gaining from his reward. Praise God. If you take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 13 this morning, Hebrews chapter 13, I want us to continue uh, to try to find 2020 vision. You know what this past Friday was, right? People were making comments about it. It was Friday the 13th, 2020. And here we are. We survived it, most of us. But I still want to use it. I still want to think about it. I still want to, to recognize that because, what, because of God's graciousness, he has given us his word so that if we look at life through it, if we look at our lives through it, if we look at our relationships through it, if we look at God through it, if we look at this world and, and all the interactions and things that are going on within the world, we will have 20-20 vision concerning these things. That's a lot of things, but God addresses all of it in his word. And one of those things is what we should expect when this life is over. And God has been very clear in his word to let us know that there are certain things that those of us who are believers in Jesus Christ, there are certain things that he is going to reward in his glory. There are certain things when we stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ, which is described throughout the scripture, particularly in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, but there's, a, there's going to be a time when we're going to stand before Jesus and he is going to reward us for the things that we've done for him while we've been living life in this body. And so we have, we have something to look forward to. We also are motivated by that because he wants us to remember that the things that we're doing now matter. They count. No, they're not going to get us into heaven. That's been taken care of. We, we, sang this, we sang just a moment ago, it is finished. What Jesus did for us, that's what gets us into heaven. When we believe in him and what he did for us, that, that forgive, he forgives us our sins and gives us the promise of eternal life. But now he wants us to grow in him and he wants us to serve him. And he says, I'm going to reward you. As a matter of fact, we saw last week from Hebrews chapter 6 that it's by God's justice that we should expect these rewards. Because he is just. He's perfectly just. And so it's right for him to give us rewards for the things that we do. And of course, he will be glorified in the giving of those rewards as we also recognize that we couldn't have done any of the things that we have done or will do without his strength, power, wisdom, and ability. And so we praise God for these things. And in Hebrews chapter 13, he has a little section where he discusses some of these things that will be rewarded. He mentions them as sacrifices that are well-pleasing to him. And so we start looking this morning, again, at verse 15 of Hebrews 13. Hebrews 15, 13. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. 
Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that would be of no advantage to you. And so back to verse 16, as we saw last week, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Don't forget. He says that because we're prone to forget. You remember, that's, you, you've said that to your children a time or two. Don't forget to take your homework to school, will you? All right, I don't want to make an extra trip. Any parents make any extra trips? It happens. Don't forget. You know, don't forget. I remember my mom said this a million times, I bet. Don't forget to say thank you. She knew that I was prone to forget to say, to say thank you. Don't forget to share with others. This is one of the sacrifices by which God is well pleased. He loves it when his children share with others. This is the the this this word for share is is a very common uh, New Testament word, and, and most of us have heard it. It's one of those that's, that has gained some popularity in English. It's called koinonia. Koinonia often thought of as fellowship. That's how it's often translated. But it's also translated share or to gather together a contribution, um, to give together, these kinds of things. It's also a word that describes our relationship with God. That that sharing in the gospel, that sharing in the, in the work of Christ. It's, it's, it also, it's also used to refer to the Lord's Supper. It, it, it's a full, rich word. And here he just says, don't forget to koinonia. Whatever that means, and all of those things, it means all of those things. And I think the best way to take it is don't forget to share your lives with others. Don't forget to fellowship. Sometimes that means sharing of material things. When we're in fellowship with others, we find out about needs and we have the opportunity to to meet those needs, we do something about it. We share. But it goes way deeper and it's much richer than just the sharing of our stuff and of our things and of our money. It's the sharing of our lives. It's the sharing of of our faith. It's having real relationships with one another within the body of Christ. And he says, don't forget to do that because we're prone to forget it. We're prone to be busy. We're prone to be full of of all these activities and we forget that we need to be with other believers so that we can share our lives together. Earlier in the the letter, the, the writer to Hebrews, look back with me to chapter 10. Just a couple, couple pages back. Look what he says in verse 24. Well, we'll start with 23. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. 
Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. They saw the day approaching in the first century. We see the day approaching today. We see the day approaching here in 2020. We, we realize more now than we did back in, in February that we are closing in on the end. And everything in history has been pointing in this direction. They saw these things clearly in the first century. We see them now. The Lord's return is near. And as we see that day approaching, we should be even more eager to ready ourselves for that day of standing at the judgment seat of Christ. And what did he say? Look for ways to spur each other on for love and good deeds. Look for ways to encourage each other. In other words, don't forget to fellowship. Don't forget to share your lives together. Don't forget to share the word of God with each other as we walk through these difficult days together. We're not in this alone. And that's one of the things that that this pandemic, I think, has been very helpful to us in. Because we're all always going through stuff. We're all just all going through different stuff. Well, now we're all going through the same thing. And that's a good reminder to us. We're all in this. And we need each other. We need to encourage each other. We need to strengthen each other. And one of the things that God has used during this this whole few months in my life in a tremendous way is people have been willing to share the word of God with me. Often it happens when I'm trying to encourage them. Might be on the phone or, or getting together and and know that they're going through something. I'll say something about trying to, you know, trying to encourage them that how the Lord's going to get them through it and, and, and he's going to work in it. And they'll share with me the verses that he is using to help them get through it. And those verses then become rich for me. As they've been rich to that person or to that family, those verses then become rich for me. And that's one of the great, great blessings of not forgetting to share our lives with each other. Because each one of us, if we're in God's word, which hopefully we all are, I know know that you get encouraged to be in God's word regularly here at Midway. And I want to encourage you again. Be in the word of God. Don't let 2020 be a year for you to take off from your reading of God's word. Make sure that you're in the word of God. I hope that you've been reading Hebrews 13 over the last few weeks. Just, just looking at these verses that we've been spending time in and, and, and seeing the riches of the, of the glory of God's word as he speaks to the circumstances and the situations that we're going through. And how this morning, as we, as we look at this, how he doesn't want us to forget to help each other through as we share life, as we share God's word together, as we share our experiences together, as we share our possessions and our, and our material together. As we share all of our resources together, our, our, our talents and abilities. I was reminded of this yesterday when Luke Douglas and his, and his uh, Boy Scout troop were working on his Eagle Scout project over in our pavilion, making these amazing picnic tables. 
Sometime today or sometime in the near future, go back there and check those out. These aren't just uh, regular old picnic tables. These are heavy-duty, beautiful, carefully sanded, not stained yet, but just amazing tables. And Luke was out there, and, and he's going to get credit for that, um, for, his, for his Eagle Scout preparations. But Luke didn't do it alone. There was a whole crew of people, church friends, scout friends, all kinds of folks out there that he was organizing. That was part of the project to see his management and his organization and putting together the, the, all that, that kind of thing. But it was a great picture of, the, of people working together on this project. As we saw in Ecclesiastes 4 this morning, two are better than one. They have a good return for their work. That's the way it is in the body of Christ. Don't forget that. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who has no one to help him up. You know who that man is? The man who forgets to share his life. Who forgets to koinonia. Who forgets to fellowship. He falls and nobody knew it. Because he's, he's isolated himself. But the person within the body of Christ, the person who's sharing his life or her life with others, when he falls or when she falls, she has someone there to pick her up. Two can stay warm. How can one stay warm alone? It's a great picture of Solomon reminiscing on on his dad's stories. Remember his dad was David. On his dad's stories of taking care of the sheep. And I'm sure David said, hey, there were some nights, son, when me and the other, me and the other shepherds, man, we got under the blanket and we, and we just stayed, that's the only way we could stay warm. Some of us have experienced that. The same thing is true spiritually. Sometimes through the circumstances, sometimes through the difficulties, sometimes through the suffering, we start getting cold. We have a brother or sister who knows what we're going through, who's praying for us, who shares the word of God with us and picks us up and keeps us warm. One may be overpowered, he said, but two can defend themselves. It reminds us we're we're in a battle. We are in a battle. Satan is real. God's word describes him and and discusses him. He's a real person. He's a real entity. We shouldn't say person, personality. He's a real angel. Demonic now, angel. Fallen angel. And he hates God's people. He hates God and he hates everything about God. And that makes him hate us. He He hates our marriages. He hates our relationships with our kids, with our parents. He hates our witness. And he does everything that he can to thwart us. Don't be caught out there alone. Peter described him in 1 Peter chapter 5 as a roaring lion, looking around, seeking out whom he might devour. We've all seen that described on National Geographic. We've seen the lions, how they work. And they find that one limping gazelle. And they just keep watching. They They all know. There might be four of them. They all watch the same gazelle because they're looking for that one that's got a limp. They're looking for that weak spot. 
And all of a sudden, as the group starts moving a little bit faster, a little bit faster in their awareness of the, of the lurking lions, they notice that limping gazelle is getting further and further away from the group. And then it's ugly. Don't be that weak gazelle. Oh, we're all, we all got our limps. But don't get isolated. Don't get left behind. Two can defend themselves. In fact, three, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Forget two. Three is even better. When I share that passage in wedding ceremonies, I like to think of that third strand as the Lord Jesus Christ. Because, see, he's the one who makes our fellowship fruitful and meaningful and helpful. The Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that keeps our fellowship holy, who keeps our relationships right, who keeps us from, from denigrating our fellowship into just gossip sessions and, 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 and you know, meanness and all that kind of thing, which left to ourselves, that's what we do. But the Lord Jesus, that third strand that binds us together, he's the one that keeps us focused and helps us to remember, hey, we're, ha- we're, we're in this relationship, we're having this fellowship with one another because we need each other. Because we want to be fruitful for Christ. We want to live this life for Christ. In fact, there's coming a day when we're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ to receive the rewards due us. We want to remember that. We want to remind each other of that. We want to encourage each other in that. And so we stay focused in these relationships, in this fellowship, in this koinonia. Don't forget. Don't forget to do it. It's it's the thing that God has given us by his Holy Spirit. Remember, his Holy Spirit comes into each of us who believe. And one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit, and the the Holy Spirit has many ministries in our lives. He saves us. Look at Titus chapter 3, starting with verse 3. He saves us by his Holy Spirit. That's the, the means by which Christ saves us when we put our trust in him. Because the Holy Spirit comes into us and makes us new. He renews us and refreshes us makes us new creations. But he also is the one who binds us together in the body of Christ. He's the one who makes this sharing, this koinonia, this fellowship, he's the one who makes it rich. He's the one who makes it fruitful. He's the one who makes it profitable. He's the one that will help us to have those relationships. This is, this is one of the most important things for us to not forget. In other words, remember in the, in the local body of Christ. We cannot, we must not think that we can live life for Christ alone. Oh, there are plenty of times when we have to do it alone. There's plenty, there's plenty of times when it's just us and God in our circumstance. But that's temporary. Because with the body of Christ, as he's, as he's organized it, and in this case we'll look at this particular church, we are not alone all the time. We get to come back together. We get to, this, is, this is sort of like since in the middle of football season, 
I know that's a happy time for some and a very sad time for others. And it changes every year and, and all that kind of thing. So I, I know that just bringing up the subject, you know, is a sore spot for somebody because of yesterday, you know, wh- whatever might have happened. And then for others, it's, oh, it's amazing because of what happened yesterday. But when we think about football, we think of that group of guys getting together in that huddle, going through their instructions and going, then going back to the line and, and trying to get that job done. Then coming back, huddling up, getting back on that line. Now it's changing a little bit as the style of football is changing, but that, the huddle is a very common thing. And that's exactly what we're doing here every week and every Wednesday night and every Tuesday morning and every Thursday morning and all the other times that we get together um, for, for this fellowship. We're coming together recognizing that when we get out there by ourselves, that we're not alone, that we have the body of Christ. That's what we pray for people that we don't even know. We're part of the body of Christ. And the people that are going through it a lot worse than we are, they need our support. They need our help, and there's nothing better that we can do for them than to pray for them. We don't forget them. We don't forget them because we're part of the body of Christ and the Holy Spirit has united us together. But the local church is designed for us to have koinonia, to have fellowship, to share with each other, to encourage each other, to strengthen each other, to challenge each other, to instruct each other, to rebuke each other, whatever the case might be, whatever the need may be. We share life together in koinonia. Don't forget it. And make sure that you use the local church for that purpose. Some people get, um, get, get the wrong idea about what the local church is about. Some people think it's getting together on a, on a Sunday morning to spectate and then, and then go and try and do stuff. What we're doing together is this is not spectator. We're here to share our lives together. We're here for koinonia. Now, this, if this is all that we did, just this one, this one larger meeting, then we wouldn't, be able to be, we wouldn't be able to have effective koinonia. That's why we have to look for other ways, for other means within the body to find these opportunities to share life together. Oh, this is an important part of it. This gives us some of the general knowledge that we want to share together, that we want to encourage each other with, that we want to ask questions about, that we want to challenge each other with. But the the real koinonia takes place as we break this down and we we live life together in, in respect to praying for each other, encouraging each other, sharing God's word together, and also meeting each other's needs whatever those needs might be. The early church in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2 said they were, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, the koinonia, and to the breaking of bread. And it says that they, they lived in such a way that, that in, in some cases when, when the needs arose and, so, and, and they, they were going through some real financial difficulties in, in Jerusalem at that time. And some of those that had, had properties that said they would, they would go and sell them and they'd, and they'd help meet the needs. That, they were experiencing quantity. They were helping each other with whatever they had. That's a picture of the local church. 
Don't forget to share. Your story that we were singing about earlier, we imagine that we're going to have a lot of opportunity in glory. That's what we sing that song about when I wake up in the land of glory with the saints, I'll tell my story. We imagine we're going to have lots of opportunity to tell our stories. We're going to have a long time. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first been. We're going to have some time. We need to be telling our stories now, too. God has given us these experiences. God has given us his deliverance. God has given us his support. God has given us his miraculous deliverance. All of these things that all of us experience, he's given us these things that we might share them with each other and encourage each other as we see the day approaching. Don't forget to fellowship. Don't forget to share. Don't forget to koinonia. We need each other. And we can help each other. Every single one of us. Every one of us has great value in the body of Christ because he doesn't want us to forget to share. What he's doing in your life, he isn't just doing in your life. He's doing it also to help somebody else. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 speaks of God as the, as the father of all comfort and of all compassions. And he says, he helps us so that when others are going through what we're going through, we'll be able to help them also, only if we don't forget to share. Only if we don't forget to fellowship. Only if we remember to koinonia. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, when we look into your word, we're amazed at how you've put things together. We're amazed at how you care so much about each one of your creation. To the point that you put the wonderful plan of salvation together. That Jesus, your son, would come and, and live that perfect life without sin. So that when he gave himself to die on the cross, he would be able to take upon himself the punishment the wages that we deserve to be paid for sinning against you. You're just. And sin must pay its wage, death. And Jesus took that payment for us. We thank you for providing for us a Savior. We thank you that he rose again victorious over death, and sends his Holy Spirit to live in every believer to bind us together so that we can help each other through. Help us not to forget. Not just for the practical purposes of 
making it through, but also for what you're preparing for us later. Help us remember that. Help us remember that with such sacrifices, you are pleased. And being the just God that you are, that you will reward all of us who serve you. Help us to look forward to that day of bringing you glory by receiving the rewards you have prepared for us. And even as the, as the elders described in the revelation, have the opportunity to, to remove their crowns, to cast them down in offering to you, Father, that we would be able to, to give, you, give back to you, even as we do today, in a more even significant way, that we can give back to you these rewards that you've planned and, and prepared for us. Father, you know those of us who are isolated right now. Who could fall and nobody would know. And we'd have nobody to help us up. You know who we are. And we thank you for that knowledge. And we pray that you would help us. To take advantage of the opportunities, even during this pandemic. To take advantage of the opportunities that we have to begin to share our lives with others so that we can not only receive the benefits of fellowship, but also that we can give the benefits of fellowship, that we can share our lives. And Father, there are even those here this morning in in part of our service today that haven't yet put their trust in Christ. Help them to see that Jesus has done everything necessary to ready them for eternal life. To forgive them of their sins, to break down that barrier that separates them from you, and then to give them the promise of living forever in your glory. Give them the faith and and the courage and the wisdom this morning to put their trust in Jesus, to believe in what Jesus has done, to believe in who he is, your son, savior, master, eternal king. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.